Welcome to Never Again Is Now, a podcast about anti-Semitism. I'm Evelyn Marcus, and in addition to being a psychologist, I'm featured in the documentary Never Again Is Now. I'm a Dutch Jew and the daughter of Holocaust survivors. In 2006, I immigrated to the United States because of the rising anti-Semitism in Europe. I am Phyllis Zimbler Miller, founder of the free nonfiction Holocaust theater project, thinedgeofthewedge.com. I grew up in a small town in the Midwest that had a small Jewish community. And my grandparents immigrated from Latvia and Russia at the turn of the 20th century. My US Army officer husband and I were stationed in Munich, Germany, only 25 years after the end of World War II. Jeremy Woodliffe here in London. I'm the chief executive of Juicy TV, Juicy Cinnamon TV. We are an American Jewish streaming service. And we pride ourselves on being loud, proud Zionists and pro-Israel and pro-Jewish people in every respect globally. Right now we are concentrating on the United States of America for so many good reasons. And my background is that I am from London, England. I'm schooled in Syracuse, New York at Newhouse College of Communications. And I've spent my life making films uh, for TV uh, channels, documentaries, and many titles for the Jewish community. And Jeremy, um, welcome on the show. Um, so what I found interesting is that you describe your um, um, video on the man's platform, Juicy TV, as uh, Jewish entertainment beyond Netflix. Could you tell us a little bit more about the philosophy of Juicy TV, please? Sure, thank you. So when I say beyond Netflix, only because, if you like, we have a wider range of content because we have news, we have community affairs, um, but we also have the Hollywood movies, we also have international movies, we have Israeli movies and TV programs, and we have a remit of uh, Tikkun Olam. We, we really want to raise the bar and spread the word uh, to be good for the Jewish people, good for American Jews, good for Israel. And how do we do that? By engaging with the masses, by showing essentially mainstream content. Yes, we have art house. Yes, we have eclectic taste. Yes, we have foreign language. But mainstream American good old showbiz is really what we're about. Because that's how you entertain the most people and not just the affiliated. We are very much uh, concerned for the somewhat affiliated, the slightly affiliated, the completely unaffiliated and even non-Jews altogether, uh, pardon the term, even, but you know, we are pushing out because so many people across America have actually never met a Jew. They don't know who we are, let alone our history. So if they are given a false history of what might have been the Jewish history, full of lies, then they have nowhere else to turn. They believe it. So this is a problem that we have in America, even though I'm not presently in America, it's a problem we globally have in America. 
that if the American Jews and the American non-Jews are not understanding what it is to be Jewish, what the link to the state of Israel is, what the history of the Jewish people is, then that can only lead to bad things as has been experienced in the past. Can I give a shout out to Jeremy? Because he introduced us. He, he, uh, he knew about Evelyn through her documentary, Never Again Is Now. And he said to me, Phyllis, you have to watch it. I watched this documentary about the rise of anti-Semitism in Europe. And then I reached out to Evelyn. So Evelyn and I both want to thank Jeremy Thank you on this podcast for starting this relationship. But it connects with what he's just said about American Jews really not necessarily even understanding what anti-Semitism is and understanding what's happening in Europe and what could happen here. Jeremy, have you personally um, experienced anti-Semitism in your life? Okay, I personally have had very little aimed at myself. I've seen plenty of it, uh, but no, apart from at school, and that made a deep imprint, you know, get the guy with the big nose. Um, it's not that big, but you know, um, I knew what they were talking about. Um, and that was when I was maybe eight or nine years old. Subsequently, get the odd jape now and again. Now, look, I don't actually take that as being truly anti-Semitic because it's the way in which it's given as well as the way it's taken. So I, I, I am somewhat out of the mainstream because if someone is being friendly with their anti-Semitic commentary, I don't take it as an insult. I actually take it as being friendly because that's the way it's intended. Are they pointing out that I'm Jewish? Yes, I am, but I'm proud of that. I don't have a problem. So call me a Jew, it's fine. Um, where I have a problem is if they call me a dirty Jew or some other rude connotation or tone, then I have a problem. So we do have a problem with anti-Semitism here just as much as you do in America. Um, we don't have parades on the streets waving Nazi flags or uh, shouting out the Jews will replace us, thank God. Uh, we, our laws here are more stringent than you have in America. You hold on to the freedom, the, the amendments of freedom of speech much more greatly than we do because inciting hatred, inciting violence are held to a uh, a very serious account. And that does reduce the amount of incitement here, but it does happen. And Jeremy, uh, we, we saw a wave of um, anti-Semitic incidents, um, even physical violence and a lot of, um, uh, and a lot of uh, uh, demolishings of, of property uh, Jewish property during the, the Gaza conflict this spring. Um, have you seen anything of that, any effect of that conflict in England um, towards Jews? So we have seen a massive rise in incidents here in the UK, just as you did in the States. And unfortunately, all Jewish communities 
everywhere on the planet. This happens every time there is a conflict, especially coming out of Gaza, but also Lebanon, whenever there's big trouble in Israel, there's big trouble globally. The consequence of this is that we are being played to the anti-Semitic tropes that have always worked. And Israel, of course, like all Jews, has to protect itself. And in the act of protection, um, brings about more reasons to hate Jewish people. It's a problem that you can't get around, except that highlighting the issue and highlighting the nature and highlighting the uh, stupidity of the terrorist and the anti-Semitic actions might actually make uh, an impact, but tell a lie enough times and people will believe it. And so you have to have a commentary to, to the alternative. Now here we have literally the same problem as you do in that the mass media, and I am part of the media, not the mass, but we're working on that, is to get the alternative perspective out. And it is so important that there is at least somewhere to go to that you can learn what the other perspective might be, even if you don't wholly believe it. But so, not to have that voice is a, is a real problem. And we can overcome that. Now, are people going to sign up to an all-Israel uh, news channel? Yeah, to an extent, but not hugely. Now, in the olden days, you remember good old cable and satellite TV, where your channels had news, comedy, quiz shows, sports, a bit of everything. And you just sat there and you watched the variety show over an evening. That's what we are. We're that variety show. And you can just watch comedies. You can just watch movies about the Holocaust or movies about Israel, documentaries. But there's also news. We get it from I-24. It's very good. It's impartial. It's our way of telling people that there are other ways of looking at Israel. We show a whole bunch of programs that are uh, showing Israel in a completely different light. It's not a war zone. They have rom-coms, they have comedies, they, you know, Israeli movie making and TV, we've all seen, you know, Orthodox and Fowder and Stiesel. You know, these are wonderful TV programs. Well, there's lots of this, and we are proud to show as many of these as we can afford. And so that's what that 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 gives people the trust. I make the analogy to the JCC. You go into a Jewish community center to meet a friend for a coffee. You might go there because there's a movie you want to see. While you're in there, you'd notice there's something else you want to. There's got a gym. They've got a pool. Let's make use of this. Oh, look, there's that class, yoga. I was thinking of doing yoga. So you've got this choice, this variety. Oh, well, and suddenly you find this is your place. This is your home. So our logline is we belong together. And that's the same as you have in the JCC. We belong in the JCC. We belong in a synagogue, but not everybody gets such knackers and joy from going to the synagogue all the time. So give them other Jewish reasons. Give them reasons to be proud, positive Jews and loving it without even thinking too deeply. So this is the, we have another saying from oi to joy. We provide the, the joy of Yiddish, of being Jewish, we're not Yiddish, all English, but 
but it's the joy of your heritage, your people, your culture, without you realizing, yeah, I, I, I do actually like Jewish comedy. Well, we have tons of Jewish comedy. I'm sorry, I don't want to sound like we're an advert for, for, for Jewsy here, but, you know, come in, enjoy the comedy. But also, you might then want to watch a Holocaust movie. You might want to see, even even has a fantastic movie, Never Again Is Now, on Jewsy TV. So, by the way, folks, this isn't planned. I'm, I'm just telling you, we have this fantastic movie to highlight that anti-Semitism is a serious problem and Evelyn's movie does a fantastic job of bringing it to the modern day because it's something we all have to be aware of. Um, so that's, so my, that, that, that's what I can tell. So Jeremy, um, what you're saying is, um, what I hear you say is, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I understood you wrong, but what you're saying is, Yes, every time there is a conflict in the Middle East flaring up, we see a wave of global anti-Semitism. It lands on, on classic prejudices towards and classic anti-Semitic ideas about Jews that, that were already there. Um, and um, it is there. And there is so much uh, misinformation about Israel and Jews going on um, on social media and media. Um, what Jewsy TV does is it shows the many facets and the many faces of Jews and Judaism um, in the world. And um, that makes it not only a place for Jews to look around whether there is an aspect that they like or, or want to have more of and want to see more of. It's also for non-Jews, a place where you can be among the many facets of the Jewish people. Um, if, if I understand you well, it's, it's, it's meant as a home for Jews, an entertainment home for Jews, an information home for Jews, but also for non-Jews um, to... Uh, help people get familiar with the many aspects of Judaism, which will also help to take away preju existing prejudices. Is that correct? Yeah. So, so people see Jews as being different. And we're not. And you all know that. But there are plenty of people who don't. And Jews don't all have beards and peyotes, black coats, black hats, shuffling in shawl every Saturday, Sunday, Friday, whenever. Yeah, we, we, we are just regular folks. So, yeah, uh, black, white, gay, straight, you know, we, we are all sorts. We are society. Um, so, you know, we, we ourselves as Jews have fallen into these stereotypes I even find myself using Yiddishisms because um, it's just, you know, it's part of us. You can't, you're in the milieu, you, you just sort of naturally adopt it. Um, but plenty of people don't. Plenty of people are, are Jew the 1.2 million Jews in America are self-defining Jews. Yeah. They're not blood. They're not lived it. They're not grown up with it. They weren't bermitzvah. They don't speak Hebrew. They don't go to the synagogue. They don't go to the Jason, but they define themselves as Jewish. Right, right. They're Jewish enough. 
you know, take people as they are. And that's what we do at Juicy. If you want to call yourself Jewish, you're interested in that, which is Jewish. We, we're not a Jewish TV channel. We are a channel showing content of interest to Jews. That thematically might have something to do with Jewish. You know, we have a movie with Jess Eisenberg, The Double. Is it a Jewish movie? No. There's nothing Jewish about it, except Jess Eisenberg's in it. Good enough. It's a great movie. Why not? Enjoy it. Do you think Jews identifying as Jews one way or the other, culturally or, or religiously or ethnically, whatever way, um, would that make a difference in, um, could it have a, a, an effect on anti-Semitism? I cannot get into the heads of an anti-Semite, I'm afraid, for relatively obvious reasons. Um, but I have been involved in many anti, well, um, I've been involved in Holocaust education and I've been involved in protecting the community uh, against anti-Semites. And all I can tell you is that the situation's getting worse, but nothing compared to what it was 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago. So let's sort of get this into proportion. The mass of people, yeah, look, back in the day of our, our parents and grandparents, there were golf clubs Jews were not allowed to go to by law. That's unbelievable from today's perspective. I know it kind of still happens, but by law, so we've moved on. Okay, it's not going to happen overnight. Same with, you know, black rights. These things just aren't going to happen overnight. You cannot change society overnight. You sure can work at it. So that's what we're doing. Can I ask, since you brought up the Holocaust in education, I'd like to know when you first learned about the Holocaust. Do you remember? I was probably about 13 or 14, and it was probably from television because I got half my education from just watching TV. Good TV. And how did it make you feel? I mean, did you go to your parents and, or do you remember? I was quite young. I, I, I honestly don't, I was shocked. I was definitely shocked. Yeah, when you are young and naive and you see the videos, you, you, know, you don't even know, but you're seeing the hardcore footage out of Auschwitz, um, yeah, it's it's shocking. It makes a deep impression on you. Um, so in England, we have a campaign organized by the Holocaust Educational Trust, whereby two students from every high school in the country is taken on a two-day, three-day trip to Auschwitz. Every single school in the country. And each of those ambassadors, as they are then called, comes back and speaks at the school, generally with a survivor. And that then spreads the word to the whole school population. They actually met a survivor. They actually know somebody who went to Auschwitz. How long has that been going on in England? That's an amazing program. I wish we had it here difficult from where you are because you're that much further away um so i think it's been going on about 10 years maybe 15 um 
You, of course, on the other hand, have more Holocaust educational establishments, institutes, Shoah foundations, Holocaust memorials, and so forth. So you do have places and you sure have plenty of survivors still. But of course, what the, all the Holocaust organizations are doing is preparing the world for a, a survivor-less world where they cannot introduce the survivors to the kids, um, but still have to promote. Now, look, we all know uh, from Pew Research recently uh, that the... Uh, can't remember the exact numbers, but but a massive number of of Americans and, and Brits and everybody else, the ignorance of Holocaust is is terrifying, and that's a wonderful place to start promoting your um and your 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 campaigns against anti-Semitism. Um, but we've got problems, and we know in the states where where. Holocaust education is not being um, as successful as it could be. That's an understatement. So, so we, we are, so we've joined up with some good folks in Ulster County in New York um, to work on the, on this very subject, um, just for an alternative way to teach the Holocaust. Because um, there are so many ways, and it's not like you'd have to reinvent the wheel. It, it's been done. It's nothing new, but just look at what works and work with educators. And first of all, of course, the biggest hurdle is, is getting through the educational establishment. They have to buy in or they have to be forced to buy in by law. And that's what's happened here, is that whether you've got, uh, you know, whatever orientation the educators are, if the law requires you to teach the Holocaust, you have to teach the Holocaust. And then you have to make sure that you're teaching it properly. I think that the state of Arizona just adopted a law like that. But the problem is, he just said the most important thing, teach it properly. Because in Louisiana, the Jewish community uh, with just recently uh, I think withdrew its support for uh, Holocaust education because of how it was going to be taught. And even if it's stated on the books, it's gonna be taught X way, it, each individual teacher can really change how it's taught. That's why I'm so impressed with this English model in which you're not leaving it up to the teachers, but you're giving all schools because of two representatives, the same experience. I think that's brilliant. Mm -hmm as you Brits like to say, brilliant, right? I've noticed that term's coming to America. <laughs> it's about time some of our new temp terminology came over. Um, yeah, uh, look, it hasn't been hugely successful. It's been very successful, but it, it you know, could do better, but it, it's doing well. Um, but then there's the mass of the population who don't go to school. And yes, we can look to generations to come and we should, but what about the mass of adults who are here at the moment? You know, we have a mass of, and you do too, of, of immigrant populations or, or first generation immigrant population, uh, yeah, Americans, Americans, but the parents are not. And so the heritage and the linear, um, um, and the, if you like, the at home education has not been as controlled as it might be. And the consequence is that people don't know who Jews are. If you, you know, especially in the mid, states where there are not Jewish communities, 
you've never met a Jew. Or you didn't know that you did. And therefore, frankly, the mass media is the only way that you do. And if the only way that you do is that they are seem to be fighting Palestinians all the time, and that's what you think. That's what you, that's what Jews do. They, so you know, in uh, in the Palestinian territories, the, um, the 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 Israelis are referred to as the Jews. Well, there are plenty of Israelis who are actually not Jewish, but, but they don't make that differentiation. Um, and and we have that problem. We have the whole problem of the IHRC definition of anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism. And the more we Jews have a problem with it, you bet the non-Jews are going to have an even bigger problem with it. So we have to accept these definitions ourselves. We have to have a, and when I say we, what are we talking about? Seven, eight, nine million people in America. It's a lot of people. Um, of course, compared to the 370 million of the general population, it, it, it's a big drop in the ocean, but it's only a drop in the ocean. So the, the numbers are terribly important. And so the bigger the noise that we can make to identify ourselves as regular folks, all the better. Jeremy, I, since you are located in the UK now, right now, um, there has been a, a, a lot of anti-Semitism um, in the UK uh, affiliated with the leadership of the Labour Party in the past few years. That leadership has changed now. Do you see an improvement in the situation uh, regarding anti-Semitism as a consequence? No. Um, it's a simple answer. I mean, uh, Sir Keir Starmer, who is the new leader of the Labour Party, is definitely not the anti-Semite that um, Jeremy Corbyn was uh, alleged to have been. Uh, and I would um, suggest that unfortunately the way that the opposition party the Labour Party is organised is not a totalitarian dictatorship it's about the membership the previous leader Ed Miliband who coincidentally happens to be a nice Jewish boy from North London um, made it possible for anybody who paid their dues to become a Labour Party member, which is perfectly democratic and reasonable. But that meant that you could pay three pounds, five bucks, and become a member. 300,000 people who would not have otherwise been members joined up. And out of those 300,000, which is a large number in this country, huge number, they've shifted the whole party way over to the left. And the extreme left is anti-Semitic. They side with the Palestinians. They see the Palestinians as being the David and the Israelis as being the Goliath. Well, that's a different story. We can go into that. But the consequence is that for all of his friendship to the Jewish people and Sakir Starmer 
is a way better person in so many respects to Jeremy Corbyn previously. But those 300,000 joined because they are big fans of Jeremy Corbyn. Just because you've removed Jeremy Corbyn, who's had the party whip taken from him, so he's on the sidelines now. He's not out of the party, amazingly, but he, he, he's so still there and he can still make an effort and he can still turn up at the rallies, he can still make speeches. And he's got a massive following that was effectively brainwashed to believe that any criticism of Jeremy Corbyn was untrue. And that included the criticism that Jeremy Corbyn is an anti-Semite. It can't be true. How can this man who is a, a friend of the minorities be an anti-Semite? And that's why even Jeremy Corbyn doesn't accept it himself. But his actions show otherwise, as it seems. Interesting and, and, and also sad to see that although the leadership, uh, political leadership changed, uh, the trend is still there because of the constituency that uh, is largely still still there um, holding anti-Semitic beliefs about Israel, Zionism, Jews, etc. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you for that perspective. Jeremy, as our, as our time is getting to an end, is there something that we haven't talked about that you feel very strongly you would like to bring up? Oh my gosh. <laughs> How long have you got? <laughs> uh, um, no, uh, look, it's wonderful. I, I, I'm so delighted and honored and uh, grateful to you that, that, that you've, you've included me in this conversation. Um, I, I feel I've done more talking than um, maybe I should have, but uh, I'm delighted that you're interested. Um, look, we want Juzi to be a service to the American Jewish community in every way. And we have so many ways to do that. And I'll give you, for example, yes, we have the entertainment. Yes, we are all about comedies and thrillers, and, you know, TV, as we all know it, right, from a Jewish orientation. But we are also here to provide that ticket alarm service. So if you're a charity, we will be delighted to show your videos so that you raise funds. We will put up your URL to link to your donation site. We do not charge. It is a free service. This is free money. Contact us and we will, if it's a good enough video uh, with a, a vague amount of entertainment value that people are actually going to enjoy with the experience, um, we'll show it. We'll help you to make some money. Uh, become an affiliate. Find out, think of ways to work with us to show programming that benefits your cause uh, we just want to help because this is a new medium this is an exciting new age a new normal that we're moving into um, where zoom calls are just as legitimate as television programs where we're getting bombarded with information and uh, there's so much dilution as a consequence so if your niche is Jewish, then we are here to work with you. And that's my message. You asked, I can go on about many other subjects, but thank you. Uh, it's an opportunity to work with good causes, uh, to show some great content, to be a one-stop shop for Jewish entertainment in America and eventually globally. 
and we would welcome any interest that uh, people viewing this can, can, can bring. And I am, again, Phyllis and, and Ethan, hugely grateful to both of you uh, and wish you well with, with your own ventures. Thank, Thank you. you. And let me just say before I wrap up that the contact information is at jewzy.tv, correct? Uh, that, yes, that's the website or watch.juzy.tv. Um, and if you put in forward slash browse, you can just browse the, the, the trailers on the site. You'll get a wonderful idea of all the eclectic and wonderful mainstream uh, movies and TV programs that we're showing. It's a front row seat to your Jewish interests in entertainment, comedy, and thrillers. Join us. Enjoy the thrills and spills and laughs that we bring as Jewish people to the greater world. And may our heritage go from strength to strength via all sorts of mediums, including Juicy TV. Thank you, Jeremy. And thank you for our listeners. And I would encourage our listeners to watch Evelyn's documentary, Never Again Is Now, which you can watch on Juicy and you can learn more at her website, which is joinneveragainisnow.com. And if you want to know more about my free nonfiction Holocaust theater project, it's at thinedgeofthewedge.com, which is a British saying, and some Americans don't yet know what it means, but we're working on that too. And wherever you are and whenever you can, without risking physical danger to yourself, please speak up against anti-Semitism and hate. <laughs>